Hi, this is Herb Kressel, editor of Radiology, and welcome to the January 2013 Radiology Podcast. Uh, this month, uh, we'll begin with a discussion uh, with Dr. Vicki Goh of Guys in St. Thomas Hospital in London on uh, two research papers that we published using a textural analysis of CT. The first is on CT of non-small cell lung cancer, uh, histopathologic correlates for textural parameters, and the second looked at outcome at the assessment of primary colorectal cancer heterogeneity using whole tumor texture analysis, contrast-enhanced CT texture as a biomarker of five-year survival. Uh, and then uh, my colleague uh, Deborah Levine, a senior deputy editor, will be speaking with Leanne Philpotts about a multi-center trial uh, looking at uh, radiologist performance using combined digital mammography and breast tomosynthesis compared to digital mammography alone. Uh, this podcast may be seen either as a video podcast or you may listen to it as an audio podcast. We think these articles are uh, important and thought-provoking, and we hope you enjoy this month's issue. Hi, this is Herb Kressel, editor of Radiology, and welcome to the Radiology Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Vicki Goh, professor of cancer imaging in the Division of Imaging Sciences at King's College in London. Dr. Goh serves as a consultant radiologist at Guy's and St. Thomas Hospital in London. Welcome, Dr. Goh. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Goh is here uh, to discuss two papers on textural analysis that will be appearing in this month's issue of Radiology. The first is entitled CT of non-small cell lung cancer, histopathologic correlates for texture parameters, and the second is on the assessment of primary colorectal cancer heterogeneity using whole tumor texture analysis. And in this study, contrast-enhanced CT texture is used as a biomarker of five-year survival. So, uh, Dr. Goh, I found these studies very, very thought-provoking, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know a little bit more about the basic method of, uh, of textural analysis. What is it? Well, I, I think essentially these are post-processing methods that we can apply to our conventional images, so in this case CT. And what these methods allow us to do, if you like, is to look at the distribution of the pixels and the intensity of the pixels within the image. So we can look at this on a global scale, so look, using these with the statistical methods that we have here, standard deviation, kurtosis, skewness of the histogram, and also mean intensity, and also looking a little bit more at the spatial relationship in terms of the uniformity of the distribution of the pixels and entropy. Essentially, it just is a means of looking at the heterogeneity of an image. Now, I also note that you apply three different types of filter, a fine, medium, and coarse. How, how does that actually work? Well, essentially, if you look at a CT image, I think most of us will appreciate there is photon noise within that image. And that photon noise can actually mask information on the actual heterogeneity of the image rather than noise itself. And if we apply filters, we essentially try and remove some of that noise in a very simplistic manner and to focus on certain distributions of pixels of a certain size. So, so what's the reason for thinking that this 
approach might actually be helpful in medical imaging? Well, I think that if we actually compare a lot of our images to pathology, for example, we can often appreciate on the pathology the, the variation in vascular density, for example, areas of necrosis, areas of cellularity. And if we actually look at some of our, our images, our contrast Im enhanced images, or even our non-contrast enhanced images, there's often a subtle difference in the distribution of the gray level pixels. And what we're trying to do here is to capture that by using a filtration process and heterogeneity analysis. And, and, and what's actually the, the scale, uh, the size of the types of textural changes that you're looking to understand? Well, with the filters that we're actually applying, it does obviously depend on your base image, but typically uh, with a fine filter, for example, we're looking at images in the sort of up to two millimeter range in terms of its width. And if we go up then to the coarse filters, it again depends on the your base image, but we could be looking at uh, sizes in the order of up to eight millimeters. Okay. So uh, in the paper on the uh, non-small cell lung cancer, what was actually the rationale uh, for the study? Well, we've been looking at some of the heterogeneity of our images on actually a dynamic contrast enhanced CT and obviously seeing that there are some differences in the distribution of the vasculature. So our rationale really from that was to try and see if we could quantify that. And that took us along two paths. Firstly, trying to associate determine the associations between what we could actually see on the images with what the underlying biology, so in other words, the vascular distribution, and also having then to look on the other side on clinical outcome. And so that was the rationale, really, for, for doing this. Okay. In the, in the lung cancer, uh, what did you find? What did the uh, textural changes, and I guess you looked at the SD, MPP, and UPP, uh, what did these tend to correlate with? Well, essentially, we looked at MPP, if you like, which is the mean intensity of the pixels we actually looked at, and SD, standard deviation of the pixels. And what we found was that if we put a medium or coarse filter onto these, on the contrast-enhanced CT, there was essentially a positive association with the degree of pyrimidazole staining. Okay. Now, pyrimidazole is a stain for tumor hypoxia. It's given prior to surgery. So actually, it stains for in vivo hypoxia. And what we found was that the greater the standard deviation, the more the higher the, the amount of staining for pyrimidazole. So the more heterogeneity in the intensity, the more hypoxic. Yeah, that would be what we'd be um, assuming from, from our data. Okay, now I've done a lot of work with uh, uh, radiologic pathologic correlation and the the challenging part is always the matching. How good do you think the matching was in this study? Oh, well that's always the uh, the, uh, the question with uh, radiopathologic studies. I think essentially it, ca it can be challenging but we did our best to try and match the images to the pathology specimen by actually imaging um, in vivo and ex vivo mm -hmm. and actually slicing the tumor with a consistent thickness with the pathologists and radiologists in the same lab. So as best as we could manage, I think is probably the best way of putting that. Okay, and, and uh, on a methodologic point, uh, I noticed that you took ROIs of individual sections and uh, it occurred to me that 
you would really want to basically uh, do a volumetric textural analysis. Is there a reason that you didn't do that? It was a case of how best to match that to the individual layers of the pathologic specimen. Essentially, if you take the volume, you would be averaging out um, potentially the information, and it was then how to correlate, best correlate that to a measure from the pathology. Okay, so you, you why we did the sections. So you took the ex vivo sections as well, and then could match those, and that's why yeah. you did the individual slices. Absolutely. And so. Uh, where do you think this particular work on the uh, texture in lung cancer is going? What are the next steps? Well, I think this is a um, study which provides relevant information on what we're actually measuring with heterogeneity. Because essentially there is something that we are measuring, but yeah. the question is, is it definitely biologic heterogeneity? I think this study at least shows us that we're on the right track and that there appears to be an association with biologically relevant uh, markers. So hypoxia in, in non-small cell lung cancer, I think, and glucose transporter protein expression as well, are, are clearly important biomarkers. I see, yeah, I, I was uh, very, very uh, excited when I saw this because I was always trying to figure out what these textural parameters might relate to biologically. So I thought this was really a welcome addition to what is known. Let's shift, if we may, to the study that you did on colorectal cancer. Uh, and what was the rationale for this study? Again, I think um, as, as a clinical radiologist, I, I'm reading CTs and MRs uh, day in, day out. And really what occurred to me when, when I look at these images, essentially when I stage a cancer, a primary cancer particularly, is that there, is so, there appears to be so much more information than we can capture. Uh, by, by our current staging, and my my hypothesis here was that if we could, could somehow measure this, even of our standard images, that perhaps we might actually get much more information than we're currently achieving with our, our standard local regional staging. Hence, why really um, I, I I pursued this this idea okay. that perhaps heterogeneity is as important as an outcome measure. Okay. So, what did you actually do in this study? We essentially, it's, it was a retrospective analysis of a group of patients where we already had outcome data. And we looked at the staging contrast enhanced CT and in a group of these patients. So we had a total um, initially of uh, 57 patients. And uh, we looked at the texture of the contrast enhanced CT, the primary tumor. And we actually performed a whole tumor analysis in this case, mm -hmm. applying texture analysis with different filters as we discussed previously and we then looked to see if uh, there was any association with stage and with outcome. Mm -hmm. And what did you find? And what we found was that if we actually look at uh, some texture features, the whole range of texture features uh, which we apply with statistical um, based analysis. so ketosis, skewness, standard deviation of the histogram, entropy and uniformity, and we look particularly at the fine filter level, that essentially um, there is a strong correlation uh, with outcome. Mm -hmm. And essentially, uh, tumors actually demonstrating less heterogeneity at, these, at this filter level appear to be uh, associated with a much poorer survival. 
Okay, and how how do you put that together? I guess one would always assume that the more heterogeneous is would have the worse outcome. Why did the more homogeneous have the worse outcome? That's exactly um, what uh, we, we we said when we first looked at our results. We we looked at it and thought, gosh, um, this might not be what you would typically expect. But then I guess if we're looking at a contrast-enhanced CT image, we're not just looking at the actual intrinsic uh, appearance of the, of, of the tumor. We're also looking at the distribution of contrast uh, that we've administered. Yes. And um, what, what we could be looking at is a combination both of the underlying structure of the tumor as well as the relationship to vascular leakage. So yeah. perhaps here... <coughs> What we're seeing is the distribution of contrastation being much more homogenous in these, in these patients. That's a very um, interesting point, really, because we're used to thinking of sort of the correlation with the static histopathology, but here you're actually seeing the, uh, the overlay of the contrast enhancement, uh, which relates variably to the, his, to the local histology. Uh, you, Absolutely. Yeah, you, you also, uh, I guess, did uh, dynamic contrast enhanced CT, and, you know, people have been looking at diffusion or studying metabolism with uh, PET CT. Uh, where do you think uh, texture fits in? Do you think this information is different from the information that we get with these other measures? I, I do actually truly believe that this is a, a different level of information because um, even when we look at uh, SUV or like regional blood flow or on CT, what we're really not taking into account is that spatial heterogeneity. We, we don't actually quantify that even with, with what we're actually measuring with SUV or diffusion ADC or diffusion CT. So I do honestly think that this is a very much uh, unique, if you like, uh, perhaps too strong a word, but definitely different uh, to to these other parameters. And this is much more about uh, spatial heterogeneity than, than we would appreciate uh, otherwise in our conventional imaging. Well, thank you. This is uh, really uh, very thought-provoking. Uh, one last question, perhaps. Uh, we've been seeing papers on texture episodically in the journal for quite a few years, but this doesn't seem to be a type of analysis that has really caught on. So my question to you is sort of where do you think this is going and why do you think the diffusion of this technique has been rather slow? I, I take your point uh, completely about how we've sporadically seen uh, texture being applied, and there's no doubt that this is not a new technique. It has been around for a while, ever since it's been applied to plain film to ultrasound, but I think really it's, it's really with cross-sectional imaging and um, some of the complexities that we're measuring, for example, in the treatment response setting, that we're really seeing um, the need, if you like, to look at the heterogeneity of changes within the tumor. Uh, tumor heterogeneity is, has huge biological consequences, and I think you know when we actually look at response assessment, we really are un underestimating the, the effect of some of our, our agents. And I think if we're able to, in addition to looking at size or enhancement change or perfusion change or ADC change, also look at the heterogeneity change within, within tumors in response to treatment, we can probably better stratify our response than we are currently achieving. And that's where I think this is going in the clinical arena. 
Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Go. I found these papers, as I said, thought-provoking, and uh, I'm sure they'll be of interest to many of our readers. Uh, thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Thank you once again for inviting me.